It's fun to be here in the Antelope Valley. Thank you uh, for letting me come up and uh, preach to you guys. I am a little uh, nervous and a little rusty. I haven't done this for a few months, but uh, it's always good uh, to do something different that challenges you, right? So why don't we uh, go to God in a word of prayer as we open up his word. Father, thank you so much for an opportunity to come to you and to study your word. And as we're setting out the theme, I thirst, Father, you quench us of our thirst. God, you are the great creator who has done everything for us. And thank you so much for loving us, for adopting us, for having expectations of us to grow and to change and to become more like you. And as we open up your word today, I pray that that's what we can do, become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is the clicker, but it's not working. So imagine right now, if you could, a picture of my family. Just kind of close your eyes and imagine what that would look like. And then I would say at this point, this is my family and I'm the one in the back. Okay? All right. So anyways, now I do have three kids, uh, three amazing kids. My son, uh, David, who is uh, 10, he's in the audience here, and Nathan, He's nine, and I don't know where Maya is. Uh, she's in class. But uh, Nathan uh, just uh, went to te- preteen camp for his first time. So uh, I said goodbye to him last Monday, and uh, then uh, I uh, drove to work and cried because he was leaving for preteen camp. There we are. Yeah. See, I'm the one in the back. Okay? All right. Um, but we yeah, <laughs> the white one there? That's me. Um, so I've, uh, uh, I have an incredible family. My wife is a teacher, but she's not just a teacher. She is probably one of the most phenomenal teachers in the state of California and maybe the world. Um, she, uh, when they closed down the school that she's at and they had to reopen it because of the grades and everything, they only hired back four teachers, and she was one of them. And, uh, and that same school has now... Uh, been most improved school in California, and also now got a yellow ribbon, and they've been doing some incredible things. She's a phenomenal teacher, not to, be, not to mention a very spiritual woman, a godly woman, a great wife, a great mother, and uh, I'm very grateful to, uh, to have her as my wife and in my life. And the Collins, of course, are awesome. They, uh, if it wasn't for them, I don't think we'd be married. They really helped us in uh, getting together, and, and Joe was my uh, best man, and Lynette was matron of honor, weren't you, or in the, at least in the, in, in the wedding, and, and um, just uh, we've been very close. We vacationed together, so I'm grateful for them, too. Grateful for the Simi Valley Church, right? You guys are your own church. I mean, this is awesome, right? I mean, you've got to be excited about that because not everybody gets this opportunity to be on, like, the groundbreaking level of starting a church in a new area. And it may sometimes seem, oh, like, i got to go to church, or this is monotonous. But, I mean, you got to think about it. You're starting your own church here. I mean, that's exciting. You're like Paul, right? You're like, you guys are like a bunch of Pauls walking around ready to start your own church, do something great here in the Simi Valley. There's a lot of people that need God here. And it's so awesome that you guys are a light to this entire city. And I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to uh, you guys for what God is doing through you here in Simi Valley. It's really exciting, really awesome. Um, so uh, we're, we're off again. We're on again, off again. All right, so 
Uh, we're talking about thirst, right? I thirst. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean, really thirsty. Like, you know, like, uh, okay, like really thirsty, like uh, lawn mowing, 103 degree weather, thirsty, you're coming in, I'm thirsty, you got that bottle of water, and it's so cold that the outside of it's just bubbling up with, with water on the outside, and you're just, you're just thirsty, right? Oh, so good. Water is good, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, thirsty, and that's what we're talking about, thirst. The scripture says in Psalm 107, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with all good things. And you think about that. I thought about the word thirsty. And I'm like, staying thirsty. Stay thirsty, my friends. Who says stay thirsty, my friends? Does it, raise your hand if you know who says stay thirsty, my friends. It's the Dosekis guy, isn't it? He's, he is the most, we don't have it again. He is the most interesting man in the world, right? And have you guys heard this? The most interesting man in the world, he gave his father the talk. Yeah. <laughs> right? His passport requires no photograph. He is the most interesting man in the world. When he drives a car off the lot, its price increases in value. Once a rattlesnake bit him, and after five days of excruciating pain, the snake finally died. His Cinco de Mayo party starts on the 8th of March. His feet don't get blisters, but his shoes do. If one were to get punched in the face by him, you'd fight off the strong urge to thank him. (laughs) And whatever side of the tracks he's on is the right side of the tracks. He is the most interesting man in the world. And what does he say? Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. And you think about that. That's, That's what our society really is today is to stay thirsty. The United States especially, you know, stay thirsty. Stay wanting. Stay getting. Don't be satisfied with what you have. Get more, right? Look at your neighbor's yard, right? Their grass is greener, especially if they are not following all the water rules right now, right? <laughs> Their grass is greener, right? So, so we, we always want more. We want to do more. We, that, that there's that constant thirst for more. Right? Have you ever felt that? Like, if I could just have fill in the blank, I would be happy. Right? And maybe that's not a long-term thing for you. Maybe it's a short-term thing. Like, you know, if I could just get this car, if I could just get this new Camry, if I could just get this new 4x4, if I could just get this new whatever it is, I would be happy. And that, that's great. Like, we, 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 want, we want it, we want it, we get it, we're happy. But it isn't too long before we get thirsty again, right? We want something else. We want something more, right? Well, in um, John chapter 4, we learn about a woman who was thirsty, okay? And if you would turn with me to John chapter 4, because we can't read it up here. So turn your phones to John chapter 4. 
or your tablets or your, or your, uh, if you, or your analog like me. I'm analog. So just bring your, uh, open up your Bible. We're going to read John chapter 4. And I'm going to read through the passage, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? When a Samaritan woman came to draw water. See, let me just back up a little bit and explain what's happening if you don't know. Jesus and his group of men were traveling through Samaria. Samaria was a place that Jews didn't typically travel through. They'd try to travel around this, this uh, particular city of uh, Shekar because uh, Samaritans live there. Jews and Samaritans don't get along. It goes back a long way. I'm not going to explain everything today, but suffice to say... It was one of those cities that you would avoid. Maybe Pacoima, I don't know. Something like that, right? And so you'd avoid the city, right? They would avoid the city. But Jesus is like, I'm on a mission. I ain't got that much time. I'm going straight through. It's easier to go through. So Jesus and all of his uh, friends are going through this city, and they get thirsty, and they stop at this well. And all of his disciples decide, well, we're going to get some food. Jesus sends them all into town, and Jesus is sitting there alone. And it's really cool because it's one of the few times we see Jesus alone with someone else in the scriptures. But it's really awesome. He's sitting there alone. Did I just say alone with someone else? Is that right? I don't know. Anyways, he's sitting there alone. And this woman comes up, right? And she comes. And she comes to draw water from the well. A lot of you guys know the story. She comes to draw water from the well. And that's where we pick up in verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had all gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well to drink from it's himself, as he also did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place that we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will not worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. 
Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Now, Jesus, there's a lot of different things we can talk about here in this, in this passage. But for the sake of the topic of thirst, I'm going to talk about the water and this, this living water. So Jesus makes, makes a, diff, a distinction between this water, which would not satisfy, it wouldn't quit, quench the spiritual thirst, and the woman would have to keep coming back again and again to get more and more. And the water that he gives, which would quench eternally. Right. right? So he makes this distinction. There's two. There's the water you're coming for. It's not going to be, it's not going to satisfy you. And there's a water I'm going to give you that will satisfy you eternally. Right? right? And in this moment, Jesus sums up the spiritual warfare. He sums up the spiritual walk. He sums up who we are as Christians. He sums up who we are before we come, become, become Christians. He sums it up in this one. He goes, there's this that will not satisfy, and there's this that will satisfy. Which one do you want? And it's, it's interesting because many of us before, you know, I, like, like uh, Lynette said, I became a Christian 24 years ago. When I became a Christian, I was thirsty. I, I was dehydrated. Right? I needed like a Bible IV. I was just like, you know, I was, I was dying of thirst. I was sad. I was broken. I, was, I needed something more. I was not being satisfied with what I had. And I knew that I needed something more. And I remember sitting down and studying the Bible for the first time. Do you remember the first time that you studied the Bible? And how eye-opening it was, even if you didn't want to admit it. How, how like, shocking it was, even if you weren't ready to accept it. You're like, wow, there's something here. I wasn't like that. I was ready. I was like, like you know, they, they open up the Bible, and I'm like, yeah, I'm lost. Like, before they even read it. Like, I don't even know. I'm going to hell. I know I'm not going to make it. Yeah. I'm, I'm dead, right? And so we studied the Bible, and I was soaking it in. And I was like, for the first time, I remember going to a, a I was in the campus ministry at a, our first campus uh, uh, park service all by ourselves, you know, and everyone was excited. And I was a brand new Christian, and I went and bought like cases of soda, right, to bring to this thing. No one told me to do it. It wasn't like you're, you're Ivan, you're bringing, uh, you're bringing the potato salad. No, it was just like come to this thing. I brought because I was so quenched. I was so I was just giving. I was so happy to give. And I don't know where you are right now. I don't know if in your life you're like kind of right where I was. Like you're like, I need something more in my life. I need something more. I'm not satisfied. Right? I need something more. Or, or maybe you've been a Christian for a while. And I don't know if you're like me. But I've noticed that there's times where I stop letting myself be quenched with the right water. And I start letting myself get quenched temporarily with the wrong water and it starts to happen to all of us is it this one 
So I want to talk to you about not believing the lie. Okay? Because there's a lie that happens within this concept of the right water and the wrong water, the the quenching water and the non-quenching. There's something that happens in the middle of that. And it's a lie. And the lie is Satan. Right? Satan's a liar. That's his native tongue. And he wants to lie to you. And maybe you're, you're saying, well, don't blame Satan. It's me too. Yeah, it's us too. But you think about it. Satan's constantly lying. Remember when he brought Jesus up onto the tower and he goes, you can have everything if you'll just fall down and worship me. Was it his to give? It was a lie. What about when Satan is in the garden with Adam and Eve and he tells her, you know, if you eat this tree, you're going to be just like God. It's a lie. And I think what happens is we believe the lie. And this happens with a lot of things. It happens with uh, sin, sin that we get involved with, maybe stuff on the Internet. There's children in the room, so I'm not going to get too explicit, but stuff on the Internet captivates us, gets us stuck. We watch it. We get trapped by it. It becomes this cycle over and over and over and over. What about gossip? Gossip is, gossip feels good. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's quenching at first. You, t- you take in a little bit of God. Did you hear what so-and-so said? This is what, did you hear what so-and-so said? Could you believe she wore that dress to church? Did you know that? And that, that gossip, it can feel, and like, we even do it with one another, you know? Hey, pray for so-and-so because their marriage isn't doing well. <laughs> it's gossip, right? We're like, we, we, we guise it in like, oh, you know, it's kind of like the bless your heart, you know? type syndrome you know you could say whatever you want that's the ugliest baby I ever saw bless its heart you know what I mean like it's you could say whatever you want if you say bless its heart they're like oh well pray for so-and-so because I want to gossip right now (laughs) right and we and we and gossip is this is more what about shopping does shopping fill you like are you the kind of person that's like you know what I don't have anything to do right now let me just go shopping let me get filled up a little bit here what about making money Sometimes we make money, we, we become money hungry, like I just need more money. If I just have this much money, I'm going to be satisfied. This is what I need, this much, until you get that much, and then you go, I need this much, right? It's never, money's never satisfying. Right. What about a relationship? Like, you know, my marriage isn't doing well. If I just was married to that sister, or if I was married to that brother, or if I was married to this person at work, or if I was married, and that's how it starts, See, we start, to get, we start to think that we're not satisfied in our life. I'm not satisfied, so I need something more. I need something different. I need to step out of wherever I am right now, and I need to go get this other thing. And it's, it's scary because we don't see what we're doing. And sometimes no one can tell us because we're so like, no, I'm okay. And I know this. I know you do this because I do it. And we all do it. We all get attracted to these things in the world because Satan never stops pushing. He never does. And it's scary. Sometimes we think, you know, like we're the roadrunner and Satan is like the coyote, you know what I mean? And we're like, meet me, and it's not really that way. He doesn't fail that often, you know what I mean? His plans are much more like straightforward and he knows what he's doing. And it's really hard for us if we're not focused, if we're not doing what we need to be doing, it's really easy to get sidetracked. And, and, and I know it's, it's a slippery slope. 
You know, I work um, as an interpreter now. Like, I, I've done this for years. I've been working as an interpreter. But I'm working at a uh, level four maximum security prison. And um, I work with, uh, I interpret for an inmate there who's, uh, who's deaf, obviously, or I wouldn't be there. And, um, <laughs> and so I interpret for him. And I interpret in the drug and alcohol portion of this facility. It's a, it's a reentry facility. And all these inmates um, are trying to get ready to come out into, the, into this world. Isn't that a scary thought that they're going to come into our world? Isn't that a scary thought? They're just as scared. It's interesting listening to them talk. You know what they're scared of? Exactly what we're talking about. They're scared of not being fulfilled and going back to the life that they've had. They can't express it like that, but that's the truth. They're afraid of, of what they're going to do or how they're going to act when they get on the outside because they've been institutionalized. They've been in this place where you're fed three times a day. You have your regiment. Everything's given to you. You don't have to think about anything. And now you have to go out and start living in the world. And there's a fear there. There's a real concern they have about being able to be successful when they get out. Now, I'm not making excuses for them. These guys are bad. <laughs> they're bad guys. But it's interesting to see how that is the plight of all humans. And Jesus sums it up with this woman. You have this water, this nasty well water, which you can drink. Or you have this incredible water that I'm going to give you. And you think about really hot day, right? Burning up. You've been outside picking weeds. It's Simi Valley hot, right? It's just hot. It's Antelope Valley hot, which is hotter. Uh, we live in a desert. There's no water there. It's hot. You think about that, and you think, oh, I just need some water. I just want some water. And you see this nice, cold cup of water there, right? And it's clean and it's crisp. Now, I'm going to get a little gross for a second, Okay. What if there was a microscopic piece of fecal matter in that water? Just something small. You couldn't see it, but you knew it was there. You knew it was there. Would you drink it? You wouldn't, would you? But we do, don't we? Right? Because we trade in this fresh, pure, clean water for this icky sewer water. That's what we do. Because we get duped into thinking that this is what's going to satisfy me. Right. It's going to be just as satisfying, right, until you get some type of intestinal disease and die from it, right? Like, that's what we think, but it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's gross. And why are we so attracted to it? We're getting deceived. We're believing the lie. Right. We're believing the lie. And it's there, and it's in your life, and it's a constant temptation. You have to watch for it, because if you don't, then you get caught up in it. We have people that are, that are addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, addicted to uh, stuff on the computer, addicted to uh, all a number of things, a number of things. Just take your pick. Food. And that's, we use those things to make us feel happy, right? Food's a big one. Comfort food, right? Well, I'm going to eat so I can feel comfortable. Why don't we pray so we can feel comfortable? The one thing we notice about this woman 
is when she has this interaction with Jesus, there's a change. I mean, because I don't know what her attitude was. It's, it's kind of dry. We don't really know if she was like, well, you Jews think, you know, we don't know if she was like snapping the head. and We don't know, right? We don't know if she was just like, well, you, you know, we have no idea how she was. But one thing we do know is after she talked to Jesus, something changed. She got excited. She got motivated. She was moved. Uh, uh, she had purpose. She was like, something is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go out and do something. I'm going to go tell everybody about what I have. She was so excited. Something changed inside of her. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And one thing the passage says, which I think is something that can't be overlooked. She leaves the jug yeah. and goes back. That's what we have to do. Whatever it is in our life spiritually that's draining us, that's pulling us away from God, we have to get rid of it. Jesus says to amputate it in some passages. Cut it off. Get radical. Whatever it is that's drawing us in, we have to identify it and amputate it. She leaves the jug and she goes back. Think about your own life. And think about how inspired and encouraged you'd be if you get away from the things that draw you in and keep you addicted. Think about it as instead of going towards food, and trust me, I'm not preaching to just you, okay? (laughs) Think about if we just don't go to food for comfort, but if we go to Jesus for comfort. Think about if we don't go to to, uh, TV for comfort and just get sucked in and drawn in to, to watching TV and and just doing that and not thinking about life or, or going shopping and ignoring the world. or well, Think about if we stop doing those things and we just spend some time with Jesus and listen. You ever had that time with Jesus where you come back and you're just so fired up? You know, honey, I've been reading my Bible for the last two hours and I am inspired. I'm encouraged. I'm different. Right? It's encouraging. It's fun. It's exciting. Being with Jesus is so cool. But we trade that in for something else so often. And then we wonder why we're stressed out and frustrated and angry and things aren't going well. Why is it? It's because we don't have that peace that transcends understanding that the scripture talks about. We've given up. And we've started, we started to put ourselves into something else. If we make this change... If we make this change to have ourselves quenched, right, to not run after all these other things, but depend on God, your life will look so much different. There will be joy. You will be overflowing with joy like the woman was. She was excited. There will be happiness. There will be better relationships. you'll You'll be a stronger person, more confident because you're walking with God. There are so many more benefits to living this quenched life than living this thirsty life. So as we strive to follow Jesus, who I believe is the most interesting man in the world, I believe he is. I mean, this guy, this other guy, his name is uh, Jonathan Goldsmith, is the guy, the character that, that plays, the guy that plays the character, huh? I just ruined it, yeah, he's, his name's Jonathan Goldsmith, he's, you know, he's a, an actor, a part actor his whole life. He's not the most interesting guy in the world. You want to know who the most interesting guy in the world is? Let me just listen. When he goes for a walk, 
he walks on water. His saliva can cure blindness. The dark is afraid of him. He can cure your skin disease by shaking your hand. He spoke the universe into existence. His blood sometimes tastes like grape juice. He is the beginning and the end. Countries have gone to war over him. Chuck Norris prays to him. The world measures time by his existence. Presidents take a day off for his birthday. Jesus is the most interesting man in the world. And what does he say? Stay quenched, my friends. Amen. Thank you.